Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to episode number four of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I am your host, Luke Algerson, and uh, what do we got here? A little February 18th, 2020. We got Tuesday night. It's been slow. No NBA till Thursday. Uh, my girlfriend sent me a really funny meme of Kanye just looking off, and it says no NBA till Thursday. And, yeah, I'm pretty bored out of my mind. Not a whole lot going on. So, uh, you know, but still plenty of going on in sports. So let's get right to it. You know how we do it. Five topics, and then my unpopular opinion, and it's a good one tonight. So let's get right into the podcast. First of all, big story of the day. Jim Beeline out as Cavs head coach. Now, there are rumors going into the All-Star break that he was considering parting ways. Maybe he was going to finish out the season, but it is now official. He is no longer the Cavaliers coach. According to a source to ESPN, he's out. J.B. Bickerstaff is going to become the full-time head coach. And, uh, yeah, Beeline, 67. It's uh, you know a little interesting, but, I mean, it makes sense. The Cavs have been atrocious, 14-40. and 40. You know, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They haven't been good. Frankly, they're the poorest run organization in the NBA. Like, without LeBron's success of being there, the Cavs have never been good. I don't ever recall the Cavs being good. Yes, I recall Mark Price days. Yeah, they made it to the playoffs a few times. But with when LeBron's not there, this organization is in the absolute most disarray it could ever be in. It just... You know, with losing the coach here to trading for Andre Drummond to not trading Tristan Thompson to keeping Kevin Love to having Sexton and Garland run the offense, it's just, I don't think, the Cavs have no idea what they're doing. Absolutely none. They've given me no reason to believe that they can turn it around unless LeBron James is wearing a Cleveland Cavs uniform. Because right now, 14-40, and like I said, dead last in the Eastern Conference, it's just, it's been embarrassing. They should be embarrassed. It's just, it hasn't worked. And Beeline left a pretty good job. You know, he made Michigan very relevant, signed a five-year contract team option in the final year, was going to get $4 million a season. Just, you know, he just did not, just didn't mesh well with the NBA players. Apparently, you know, they would, they would get mad on their play calling and how it was even being called and the practices that he was running and just he didn't treat these guys like NBA players now granted a lot of them are young and could still be in college but there's a lot of veterans out there and you gotta you gotta go by what the veterans say you gotta appease your veterans and they did not do that and the Cavs just it's just a poorly run organization it's it's just shameful on how bad they've been and he's a good coach he was good at Michigan he won them a national title a few years ago you know, the Trey Burke year, how could anyone forget? It's You know, it seemed like he was going to do well, but the transition from college basketball is very tough. Very few guys can do it. And frankly, the only guy who's really had any success with it of recently has been uh, Brad Stevens. He's really been the only one. You know, Fred Hoinberg got the job out of Iowa State. Mm-hmm. With the Bulls, he's already gone. You know, Beeline right here is just another case. You know, guys struggle to do it. Calipari struggled to do it. Patino struggled to do it. It's a, it's a tough transition to make. You know, a lot of, not that, you know, the guys aren't great coaches and that they can't, 
that they can't get it done. It's just you got to be able to connect with the NBA players a little differently than college players, and it's a tr- tough transition to make. And I don't think many coaches are ready to do it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I mean, it just if it's not working out and you know it's not working out, you got to make moves. And if a coach is guessing if he should be there in the middle of the season, yeah, you cut ties with him. That means he's not ready to grind it out. That means he's just not ready for this opportunity. Will he coach again? Absolutely. Absolutely he'll be a coach. Whatever not great team there is in the Big Ten, SEC, name of ACC, somewhere who's going to have a bad program going right now is going to hire him, and he's probably going to turn that program around because I still think he's a good basketball coach. I think he can be very successful at the college level, just didn't get it done at the NBA level. You know, the Cavs have the second-worst record behind the Golden State Warriors. They're just not good. Just not a good team this year. And frankly, they just don't really know what they're doing. But I definitely think Beeline can have success. Career record of 571 wins, 325 losses. You know, made the NCAA tournament in the last four seasons at Michigan, including a Final Four appearance in 2017-18. The guy can coach. The guy can 100% coach. That's not even a question. The guy can get it done. It's just not at the NBA level. Some guys just aren't ready for that move. Jim Beeline was not. But I believe he'll be coaching again one day. Probably not this season because it's, well, frankly way over. But I'm sure sometimes after the final, the teams for March Madness are set, maybe a few weeks after that, however long it takes, he will be coaching again. He will get another job. Deservably so. Like I said, good college coach. Just NBA is a different beast. These are professionals out here. You got to treat them like professionals. They're not kids. They're not amateurs. As the NCAA likes to so kindly put it, they're not, a, they're not amateurs. So you got you to gotta take your game up to another level to be able to talk to some grown-ass men. You know, college kids, they're kids. They're students. They, they don't know. Whereas NBA guys have been around. They know what's going on. They know what this league is about. Now, granted, the Cavs haven't seen success, but Kevin Love's at least a winner. Tristan Thompson at least is a winner. You know guys who have been there and made the championship run before. But, frankly, the Cavaliers don't know what they're doing with those players. Their roster doesn't make any sense. I suspect what they're doing with Drummond and Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson uh, is at some point going to trade them in the offseason, do something. Maybe they could build with Drummond, but Kevin Love is better off on another team, contributing to a playoff team, a team that's on the cusp of being right there. Send Kevin Love to that thing. Even Tristan Thompson. He should go to a team that's a contender because he can actually compete. Goes out there, plays hard, has gotten the job done on a championship team before. He should get another chance. And, uh, you know, you never know what could happen. Maybe he could get bought out. Maybe he demands it. You know, just Cleveland, just another, you know, another bad day in Cleveland sports. And, you know, it's been like that for a long time. And the Cavs just make themselves look more and more like a joke and make LeBron look that much greater that he could turn this pathetic organization around. And every time he leaves, they're god-awful. But when he's there, they're one of the best teams in the league. Truly speaks volumes to how good LeBron is. We'll get to that later. Anyways, topic number two that I want to get to today. i got to keep talking about this Astros thing because it's not going away anytime soon. And frankly, just more and more players keep speaking out about it. Mike Trout spoke about it said he lost a lot of respect for those guys, talked about how it would be a lot of fun to know what pitch was coming. And could you imagine what Mike Trout would hit if he knew what pitch was coming? I mean, he he would go 500. 
his on base percentage would be like six seven hundred. Like he would hit over a hundred home runs in a season. It it would not be fair if Mike Trout knew what pitch is coming. And it, frankly, it's not fair to know what pitch is coming. And that's why just keep digging yourselves a bigger grave, Astros. Just keep talking. And Manfred's not helping the cause either. His comments were just, he apologized for what he said. And good Lord, he needed to apologize because saying that to give back a piece of metal and just disrespecting the World Series trophy, the trophy that everyone in his league competes for at the start of spring training, when everyone's reporting right now, everyone's playing for that trophy. And for him just to call it a piece of metal is so damn disrespectful to his players. And you know, Justin Turner spoke on that. He said it's pretty disrespectful, shows how out of touch he is with the players in this league. And it really does show because that is just unacceptable for the commissioner of your sport to just degrade the, the trophy, to degrade the championship like that. And he apologized. He apologized for what he did. Had to. Frankly, he had to because so many guys called him out. You know, my guy John Lester did it. Justin Turner did it. Just, you know, and he had to. And he said it was, you know, his apology seemed sincere. I mean, I'm sure he knew what he said was wrong. And uh, what he says here is, I want to apologize for that. There is no excuse for it. I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I shouldn't have made it. I should have made it in a more effective way. And again, I want to apologize for it. I will say this. I awarded five World Series trophies. There is no greater pleasure in this job than awarding that trophy. I understand what it means. And again, it was a mistake to say what I said. Good. It's a good apology. You know, did he write it? Maybe. But that's reg- that's beside the point. You know, he had to apologize because he just disrespected the trophy that everyone fights for. And now I don't think the Astros trophy should be taken away. And I've harped on this point before in previous episodes that we allowed the black Sox, you know, the white Sox, to literally throw a world series, literally lose on purpose. And the team that they lost to or let win is still world champions. We don't, but we know, we know something fishy happened. We know something is askew here we know something is not right and we know this for Houston 2017 there's an asterisk by it you know that hey these guys just did something fishy like in the record books Hank Aaron is the home run king but Barry Bonds holds the record like we know there's an asterisk by it Bonds used roids we see it it goes with Sammy Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire you know the guys cheated the game Their records are still there. Their names are still etched in history. But we know something was wrong. We know there was an issue there. So I don't think we should take it away. Because we're going to know what what the issue is. But now, should the players be punished? Because I've heard a lot of people speaking out about that. A lot of players have been speaking out that the the punishment isn't right. That they should have done more. I think they should have done more taking away more draft picks, taking away opportunities to sign free agent, taking away their ability to sign outside of, you know, to sign foreign prospects and things of that nature. You know, I think they should have been fined more. They should have increased the maximum penalty. They should have changed that rule right then and there and changed it for the future because $5 million is is nothing to this billion-dollar organization that is the Houston Astros. They need to be charged. There was an... uh, 
a European soccer league who was for some tampering thing. I didn't read too much into it, but they were charged 30 million euros. Now that's more like it and suspended from postseason play. I think that would be fair. I think a, a year suspension from postseason play make this season not matter. If you want to move forward, you have to accept your mistakes and not be eligible for the postseason for a whole season. That's something I could get behind. Maybe even two years. Take it to that level. Do something. I don't think they should take away championships because that does nothing. Like the NCAA tries to do that all the time with what they did at Michigan, taking away the Final Fours, what they did to Louisville with the stripper scandal and Rick Pitino and all that. It's like they try to take all these away, and it's like, what does that do? We still saw Louisville win. Like they still went on TV. Like when they took Reggie's trophy, it was like, well, he still went out there and was the best college football player. So what are we taking away this away for? We're not going to give it to Vince Young. We're not going to give it to the team that came running up. They didn't win. But, it, you know, it doesn't make any sense to take the trophy away because we know there's an issue. We know that they cheated. We know they did something wrong. So history will remember it because this won't be forgotten. Players are pissed. And even Judge is speaking out saying, he, again, he lost respect for them. He doesn't think that they won. He thinks they cheated, and which they did. He cheated the game. You know, the Yankees did it the right way, and the Astros didn't. And Judge, he had a lot to say. You know, and Altuve stole an MVP for him. And I know Correa wants to say that Altuve didn't use the trash can and wasn't involved in earning that MVP. I don't buy it. I really don't. You know, he, he was as much a part of that team as everyone else, and I'm sure – he got those bang bangs all the time and you know if he didn't doesn't matter he's on a team that cheated he should you shouldn't reward a team that cheats judge should have been the mvp now giving the judge mvp to judge no because it's still smeared we still know that altuve cheated and did the wrong thing we like we see it we know this 2017 and people are saying that they have been cheating for the past three years i believe so I think that it just, they've been a bad organization. Why would they stop cheating? It's worked for them. I'm sure they just found different ways to do it. So keep digging yourselves a digger, bigger grave, Astros, you know, because it's just, it's getting worse. The more players are going to speak out, the more the media's talk about it, media's going to ask questions. It's just going to keep getting better and better. And I, I need these reporters. Ask the tough questions. I want to hear it. What When you're in the dugout and you're hearing this bang, what's going through your mind? Gosh, do we really have that big of an advantage? Or is it, this is right, we're doing the right thing here? Like, I really want to know. I want firsthand opinions on what happened. I don't want to hear any of this. I don't recall stuff. It's like, how involved were you? Did you go back and tell you wanted a certain rhythm when they were banging on this trash can? You know, three bangs, banging it once. You know, did you bang on the trash can? I need the grilling questions. I need them to know. So when you're walking back and forth from the clubhouse to the dugout and you're hearing this bang on the trash can, what's going through your mind? Uh, how, how often did you use this? And, you know, Dallas Keuchel wanted to say they didn't use it every game and every time. Yeah, maybe they didn't use it early in game, but they used it when it mattered most. They used it at the biggest moments of the game, giving them a huge distinct advantage. So it's just it's, it's absolutely disgraceful what they did to the beautiful game of baseball. And But I still think this story is great. 
it, it just keeps getting better. We're all talking about baseball. It's on people's minds. I live in Florida. I already looked up when they play the Tampa Bay Rays, and they play them in April, <laughs> like the third weekend in April, second weekend in April. I'm trying to get tickets. I want to go see how tormented this team gets just destroyed on road games. Just I want to hear the heckling. I'm, I, I want to bring my own trash can. I want to do something. Do some kind of buzzing thing. You could do so much with this. It's just perfect material for fans to just go off. And everywhere is going to do it. They're going to get booed everywhere. I couldn't imagine the reception they're going to get when they have to go to Yankee Stadium. Oh, my goodness. They are going to be ripped alive in there. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Looking real forward to it. It just makes baseball that much better to have a villain like this to root for. So keep making it worse for yourself, Astros. I'm really loving it. Looking forward to it. And it's just going to be fantastic. So baseball's back. And uh, keep criticizing the Astros because they're just a horribly run organization. And it starts from the top. Starts from looking at you, Crane. Looking at you. Integrity, huh? Let's show some. So anyway, third topic that I want to get to today. The NBA buyout. The buyout moves are happening, and they're happening swiftly. And, uh, you know, the big one today that, uh, that wanted me to, that got me on this topic was uh, Reggie Jackson. was bought out by the Detroit Pistons and is going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. The rich get richer. At this point, he could start for them. I think he would be better than Beverly. I know Beverly plays great defense, but Reggie Jackson is a better offensive threat and plays just as good as defense as Beverly. In my opinion, I know he gets lost in Detroit, but change of scenery will do him right. Playing with no pressure at all and getting to rely on guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold. And he's still going to get his looks. Still going to get the opportunities. You know, it's a big pickup. And uh, it helps them out. They got more. They got Morris, too. It's just they got, they had a lot of guys. They're getting ready for this playoff push. And they better get ready because it's coming. And it, it, they need all the pieces that they can get if they want to get in front of the Lakers. And the Western Conference isn't going to be easy. You just go, you just look at it all around. The Jazz are dangerous. Rockets are dangerous. Nuggets are dangerous. You could even say the Mavericks and the Thunder are dangerous. The way they've been playing, they've been playing great. It's going to be great. And then obviously the Lakers, 40 wins. Only team in the West to have that. It's just, it's going to be a great playoffs. And you need to get as many assets as possible. And Clippers did that. Adding Morris, adding Jackson. They're making big moves. Some other things that have happened on the buyout is uh, Marvin Williams was bought out by the Charlotte Hornets. He signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a nice little move right there, too. Another 3 and D guy, play alongside Giannis. It's exactly what he needs to succeed. It's just an, another smart move. Just another big pickup for another team fighting for a championship. It's a great move. Great move by the Bucks, and I'm sure Williams is thrilled to go from a Charlotte Hornets team that's not even sniffing the playoffs to a team that is favored to win the Eastern Conference. I'm sure that he's going to feed off that. Another guy that was bought out by the Hornets, a former number two overall pick, right behind Anthony Davis, his former Kentucky Wildcat teammate, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. 
and the Mavericks picked him up. I like the pick for the Mavericks. Plays good defense. It's just, gosh, he just is not an offensive threat that much. Just isn't much of a shooter. It's frankly why his career never took off in the NBA. Plays good defense. Has good athleticism. Just that jump shot is just not not pretty. You go. You want to see something. You want to see an ugly jump shot. Look up Michael Kidd Gilchrist. It doesn't look good. But I like the pickup. I actually do like the pickup for the Mavs because, frankly, they got Luka, Porzingis, Seth Curry. Got a lot of guys who can score. The Powell injury is going to hurt. Powell's injury is going to hurt, but I don't think that it'll have them miss out on the playoffs. Needed a body to replace him. Kid Gilchrist, he'll give you good minutes. I like the pickup for the Mavericks. Well done. Rockets made two moves. Uh, Of course, we're going no size. We only want medium-sized guys, so we're signing Jeff Green to a 10-day contract and officially signed Damari Carroll. Um, Green last played for the Jazz. Don't know when they released him, but he's been a free agent, and uh, Carroll bought out by the net, or was it the Hawks? I can't remember who he last played for, but Rockets just going to continue with the small ball and two more 3 and D guys. I kind of like it. Kind of like the move from them, add to its depth, you know, Carroll will give them, both will, I think will give them good minutes off the bench if they get the minutes. You know, Green can play center, power forward for them in their little small ball lineups. Uh, I think it works well. He can knock down threes. He can make some athletic plays, can still get up there and hammer it home with some dunks. It's, and, you know, Carroll has been Carroll. He'll be a solid role player for them. If they can make Ben McLemore look like a solid role player, they can turn Damari Carroll into a solid role player. It just adds to their depth, which is what they need. If, they, if they're going to go small, this is what they need. They need depth. It's what they need to be successful. So um, other than that, just there, there have been a couple other moves on the buyout. Uh, you know, Evan Turner, it's been rumored that he'll get bought out. He's still with the Timberwolves. Um, Bismack Biombo still with the Hornets. Let's, is there a, Tyler Johnson was waived by the Suns. Haven't really heard much about him, but I imagine he'll get picked up by someone. He wasn't productive with the Suns at all, and he definitely got overpaid with the Miami Heat. So uh, he's definitely not worth the contract that, unfortunately, the Suns have to pay him. But who we? And then uh, John Henson was another guy who was supposed to get bought out. He's still with the Pistons. Trey Burke, waived by the 76ers, hasn't gotten picked up yet. Isaiah Thomas was waived by the Clippers after he was traded from the Wizards. Tim Frazier waived by the Pistons. Alan Crabb still with the Timberwolves. Uh, the big one, you know, Dion Waiters. Waived by the Grizzlies. Supposed to have a workout with the Lakers, interestingly enough. And uh, him and J.R. Smith are actually supposed to be working out with the Lakers this week. I don't remember the exact date that it was scheduled for, but both of those guys, and uh, one of them will get signed. I think JR is a better fit, 3 and D guy, you know. You can knock down a three ball. LeBron's played with him before. He's one of Bron's guys. You know, Dion Waiters does have a lot of game, but gosh, he's made some dumb mistakes of, you know, the, the weed edibles and you know, skipping practices and just too many, too many team-oriented mistakes for Waiters. Like, he just missed a lot of time this year. Just making foolish mistakes on his part. Just making foolish mistakes. I think one of them was he said he was sick and then posted a a picture of him on a boat later that day on Instagram. It's just like, just think. Like, just think. You know, and to throw off a chemistry, I think JR fits in better and doesn't 
float things and you don't have to really come to him. It's like JR's there. He knows he's got to earn his role. Dion coast a little bit. So I think Dion, uh, I think JR is the safer pickup for the Lakers if they were to pick anyone up. Uh, Brandon Knight still with the Pistons after the, the trade from the Cavs. So how life comes full circle for you. You know, Brandon Knight back on the Pistons. Dellen Adova, he's still with the Cavs. Just, you know, there's a few guys. I think there will be some more buyout moves. I'm still shocked that Tristan Thompson is with the Cavaliers. I would think they, they would have traded him, but hopefully he gets bought out and can go to contender because I think he could compete well. And um, So, yeah, you know, NBA's heating up. It's going to be a – at this point, you got to add as much depth as you possibly can because it's, it's, it's wide open. I know I spoke on the three teams that I think can win, but – at this point, a lot of these teams got to believe that they they got to fight in chance, that they got to fight in chance, and this is the year that they got to go all in and try to make something happen. So, going to be an exciting playoffs. I can't wait for it. This second half of the season, it's going to turn it up a level. It really is. So, get ready, NBA fans, basketball fans. It's gonna. If the All Star Game was any indication on how this season's going to go, oh boy. We can expect the most drama, controversy, excitement. It's it's going to be a good basketball season. It's it's going to end very nicely. So get ready. I'm excited for it. Fourth topic I want to get to. Kyrie Irving's been in the news a lot lately. Just want to update everyone on what's been going on with him. He, unfortunately, the guy is hurt again, and just just too bad he's only played in 20 games of the nets 53 he's had various ailments he's missed 26 games with a right shoulder injury sat the last five prior to the all-star break with a knee sprain uh, that he suffered on february 1st it's just he had he's scheduled to see a specialist later in the week for his shoulder and you know when he's out there he's kyrie irving 27 points six assists five rebounds 47.8% from the field. You know, when, when he's out there, he puts up good numbers. And, um, you know, the Nets are projected to make the playoffs. So there's no point to rush him back in the, the weaker Eastern Conference. You know, they have a losing record 25-28, but they're the seventh seed. Because at this point, the Magic are going to be the worst record-wise playoff team there's ever been in the NBA. But, yeah, 25-28, they're at the seventh seed. You know, they're going to get demolished by whoever they want to get demolished by. Toronto, Celtics, Heat, 76ers, whoever gets that two spot. Take your pick, Nets. Who do you want to get demolished by? Your choice. Take a pick. Take your pick. But, yeah, Kyrie just, gosh. You know, he's kind of shown that he's been injury prone for much of his career. Guy's had a hard time staying healthy. Very unfortunate because he's one of the most talented players in the league. And, uh, you know, it's just, basketball's better with him out there because he absolutely balls out there. And hopefully he can be healthy for the return of Kevin Durant. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of either of them fan-wise, but I love watching both of them play, and they would be a fun tandem to watch. But with Kyrie, you know, you just got to get him healthy. And is this seasonal loss cause? Absolutely not, because they're fighting in the playoffs. But they're not a playoff can, they're not a championship contender. I don't even think they're likely at all to make it to the second round with the the stacked half of the Eastern Conference is just far and away better than they are, especially with no Kyrie Durant. You know, it's 
it's kind of a lost season for the Nets. They got to look at anything with the utmost. You just got to be optimistic about it. But yeah, let you know, let Kyrie's injury waver out. Pro- I would say don't play him the rest of the year until you know you figure out what's wrong with him and what's going on. Apparently, he re-aggravated the right shoulder, so it's not even the knee that's holding him out. It's the shoulder that's holding him out. And just, you know, it's already cost him half the season, and it's going to cost him more than that. So very unfortunate for Kyrie because, you know, basketball is better with him. And um, here's a weird story related to Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie wanted to be more involved with the uh, the players' union for the NBA. And, um, you know, he spoke on it, and it was, um, you know, Kyrie seemed very excited to be the vice president. And, you know, he has a lot of NBA players' respect. Kyrie seems like a good basketball guy. I know a lot of people in the media want to claim that he's, like, distance, a weirdo. He can say whatever he wants. Kyrie has a lot of people's respect in the NBA. And, frankly, he only need the, needs the respect of his peers. He To get respect from media members and trying to look good for them, he shouldn't give a shit about that. Do what the players want. But a player, interestingly enough, well, a former player, was was appalled, just absolutely disgusted, apparently, by Kyrie getting the vice president nod. And that would be one Kendrick Perkins. Now, Kendrick Perkins has done a lot of... Re- done a lot of talking since he retired and you know good for him he wants to give himself a name he wants to go on sports shows you know it's you know he was he won a championship you know he was a grinded out guy he's gotten into twitter beef with kevin durant you know them going back and forth you know it's just he's willing to talk trash he's not going to back down from anyone and nor should he and you know with his takes you know he understands the the media and how it works and yeah you got to say some you know things sometimes to get attention and you know get your views up and get more notoriety and you know grow your brand and it's what Kendrick Perkins is doing that's why he's on the show like the jump former player gives interesting input but he went as far as to say is every time I think of that guy, specifically Kyrie Irving, I want to throw up. Huh? He said, what? Who? Oh, I am so glad I'm retired. I'm so glad I'm out of the league. That's all I got to say. Because I'm going to tell you, that's the blind leading the blind. That is just downright disrespectful. Calling Kyrie Irving blind. Frankly, I think Kyrie Irving deals with a lot mentally. I think he goes through a lot. You know, he hit the the big-time shot with LeBron. He hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, yet it's LeBron's championship. And I'm sure that made Kyrie feel a certain type of way when then they tried to trade him and the rumors came out that they tried to trade him even after that finals for Chris Paul. Like, they still tried to make some room. So I'm sure that weighed on him. Now, I'm sure... Going to the Celtics and underachieving weighed a lot on him and, you know, made him reevaluate his career enough to make a move to to the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, the guy goes through a lot. You know, we ridicule him. Uh, The media crucifies him. You know, everyone acknowledges he's one of the best players in the game, but he just gets called out for, you know, he says the earth is flat. Not the smartest thing in the world to say, absolutely not, but... You know, you you read enough things, you can believe whatever the hell you want. So I'm not going to hold that too much against him. But 
you know, people just think Kyrie and, you know, the rumors that come out is he would go days without talking to his Celtics teammates. It's, you know, I think he just does. That's just how he goes about it to get himself in the zone for games. I would assume he'd do the same thing in the Cleveland locker room. He would get in his own zone and, you know, do whatever he has to do to get to the level for him to go out there and compete at the highest level. And I think that's just the way he carries himself, the way he goes about it. But to say that's the blind leading the blind, pretty downright disrespectful to Kyrie. And I think Kyrie's a very knowledgeable person. He's very open. I'm sure he's he's open-minded enough to believe the earth is flat at one point. I highly doubt he still believes that. I highly doubt it. And I'm a biggest conspiracy guy as anyone. Love a good conspiracy theory, but that one is just, uh, it's not even worth wasting the time with. But it's just, it's just odd that a player would, a former player would just say he's downright disgusted by everything Kyrie does. It's like, what has he ever done to you to make you say something that every time you think about him, you want to throw up? Like, I'm not that big a Kyrie fan, but to say something like that is like, good Lord, you'd assume he left you for dead on the side of the road. You would assume he, you know, did something to Kendrick Perkins, like personally, to make him say such a thing. It just, it's, it's very odd. It's just very odd. And, you know, it's, I think it's a good move for Kyrie Irving. He wants to be more involved with the players' union. You know, players have his respect that are in the league now. You know, Kyrie's Kyrie's a good guy. It's, you know, just very odd that a former player would be coming at his neck like this. But, you know, Kendrick Perkins is not willing to shy away from beef with current players. And, you know, he's a former player. So it's just... It's just an interesting situation that, you know, a former player wouldn't be, you know, trying to stick up for a guy who's, you know, a champion, an all-star. Kyrie's one of the, one of the best in the game right now, and it's just it's just very odd. Very odd that a player would be so upfront about not liking him. But, I, you know, Kyrie, I hope you get healthy, but congratulations on being the new vice president of the NBA Players Association. Um, you know, I think it's good for him. I don't see how he could make it a bad thing, you know. The NBA's got a pretty good players association, you know. He's a knowledgeable person. It, you know, I think I think it's good for him. Good for Kyrie. But Kendrick Perkins, calm down, okay? Really calm down. You know, like the guy wants to make the league better, wants to do things better for the players. You should you should be appreciative of that as a former player of him trying to make the league better for you guys, you should be appreciative of what he wants to do. So, you know, it's not like he's in favor of NBA teams. He's shown that he's not loyal. He's shown that he's loyal to the players. Shown that he's loyal to... So, very odd, but, you know, good for Kyrie, PA, vice president. But get healthy. Get healthy. And then um, the fifth final topic that I want to talk about. You know, I'm not going to talk about NASCAR a whole lot. It's just, it's just not. But the first big race of the season is the Daytona 500. Funny enough, it got, you know, pushed back because of rain, so they actually finished it on Monday. But um, the reason we're talking about it is because Ryan Newman had one of the most horrific crashes that you'll ever see. And if you haven't seen it yet, you know, go watch it. But it, it, it is scary stuff. On the final lap, he had a huge crash in Daytona, and uh, it... 
it's really horrifying to watch and it, it's absolutely terrible and uh but the good news is uh he he is awake and speaking and if you look at it his car slams into the wall at nearly 200 miles an hour flip got t-boned by another car flipped several more times and skidded to a hall in flames and just it's it's absolutely scary and those guys are putting their life in their hands moving that quickly it's like when people even just get in like 50 mile an hour accidents on the highway it's just like their cars get totaled these guys are going hundreds of miles an hour couldn't imagine how intense that must be and when you're in that situation these guys literally take their lives into their hands every time they go compete totally very frightening so luckily you know he was transported to the hospital there in daytona right away been to the daytona 500 it is quite the spectacle the only way to go see a nascar race though you got to have pit passes i'll tell you that right now you got to be down in the pit you got to be in the middle of that race the grandstand is not going to cut it go get pit passes so you can walk around enjoy it way better environment in the pit it's way cooler it's a better view you're going to see better people it's just a more enjoyable time being in the pit. And frankly, you feel like a VIP down there. It's a very cool experience. If you're going to go to a NASCAR race, I actually would recommend people to go. They're actually kind of fun. And especially if you're in the pit, forget the grand scan. Forget it. Just forget all about that. Get pit passes. That's, that's all you got to worry about. Get down in that middle area. Pit passes. That's what you got to do. But anyways, with, you know, with this Ryan Newman, just very scary glad he's okay they say he's awake speaking with family and doctors just a day after the crash so it's really great to hear glad he's you know better they said his injuries weren't life-threatening so always good that you know the a guy is a safe and you know in no immediate danger and you know it's going to be a long recovery process especially after something like that but you know hopefully just for you know himself if he wants to go out there and compete again you know, good luck to him and good luck in rehab and, you know, just goodness he's safe because you watch this replay of this. I'm, I'm watching it right now and it is, gosh, it just, his car just, he loses control, gets hit, boom, right into the wall, just then goes straight in the air and he's right going right past the grandstand, gets hit by another car. There's sparks everywhere. He gets hit by a car and goes into a flip. It is absolutely crazy, this crash absolutely insane so good thing he's okay you know never want to see that never want to see that absolutely not so ryan newman uh you know prayers for you and your family speedy recovery come back quick but that, those are the five topics today you know it was you know i don't want to say it was a slow day but it was you know no day without basketball and frankly a couple of college basketball games here going on that i'm you know, not too interested in, you know, I guess, you know, Kentucky beat LSU, just Baylor won again, you know, the number one team, FSU beat Pitt, Baylor beat Oklahoma, and just, yeah, you know, slow, slow night in sports, not a whole lot going on, not a whole lot going on, but, you know, the Baylor basketball program, I'll give them a shout out, both sides, women and men's, number one men's, uh, you know they they've been dominant this year 23 and 1 the women you know they're number 2 in the nation they've been just as dominant on their respective sides so Baylor basketball you know they're doing something right there 
and doing something right. The Baylor women, 24-1, and undefeated in conference play. The men aren't having too bad a season themselves. So, you know, ba- good for Baylor. And But uh, anyways, those were the five topics. But for the final segment, I, I hyped it up last episode, but we're finally getting to it. My unpopular opinion. My unpopular opinion, number two. And it's going to be about a, a, a former player, a guy that I spoke about, not a former player. He's still playing right now. What am I saying? I'm talking about a guy I've mentioned already in the podcast. And his name is LeBron James. And what I'm going to talk to you today about LeBron James, I think LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. That is my unpopular opinion. LeBron James is the best player of all time. Now, the reason I say this is because all around, I'm going by all around game of being able to do everything on the floor from being able to score, pass, rebound, defend, mental IQ out there, making the right play, making your teammates better. LeBron James is the best player to ever do that. The guy, third all-time in scoring. Third all-time in scoring. He's not even a scorer. That's, his, that's been his biggest thing. Well, LeBron's not a scorer. LeBron's not a scorer. Uh, well, he's third all-time in scoring. The only two guys he's behind, Carl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron James is absolutely incredible. Absolutely unbelievable. First of all, he can defend one through five. He defends all five positions. Yeah, I know year 17, 35 years. Yeah, he looks, he looks like... He's lost it a little on the defensive side. But come playoff time, you better believe he's going to be getting after it. And, you know, and I don't blame him for not going all out, you know, because he's still balling this year. 25, 8, and 11. And that's year 17. 35 years old, still being considered the, the best player in the world at 35. At 35 years old. Let's just run it down his accolades. The accolades speak for himself. Six-time All-Star, three-time All-Star MVP, three-time World Champion, three-time Finals MVP. All three Finals, LeBron James been the best player. And something I always love to mention about the last championship that he won with the Cavaliers. In that series, LeBron was the leader in all statistical categories. Points, rebounds, steals, Blocks, assists, LeBron James. One player was the leader in all categories. All categories. How is that possible for one human being to have that kind of impact on a game? LeBron, when he lost in 2015, got finals votes to be finals MVP. And it only went to a six-game series. They gave the finals MVP to a guy who was considered the LeBron Stopper. That was the only reason he won. That was the only reason that he was finals MVP. Andre Iguodala. That's why. That's it. That's the only reason. That's the only reason he was finals MVP is because he slowed down LeBron. Yeah, that, that's what we're told. We're told he slowed him down. And yet he still averaged over 35 points a game on another planet LeBron is 
And frankly, I firmly believe if the Cavs in 2015 have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, and I think if they even have one of them out there, that they beat the Golden State Warriors. But they both were injured. Kevin Love bounced in the first round after a shoulder injury of Kelly Oubre, looking like he pulled it out of his socket. Kyrie Irving hurt himself game one of that series, broke his kneecap. And LeBron still carried them to six games. Six games against an up-and-coming Warriors team that would dominate the league for the next few years. And then, frankly, that doesn't even speak to the championship that LeBron won. He beat a team that was 73-9, and broke the Bulls' all-time record for most wins in a season, 73. LeBron beat that team, went absolutely Superman on them to win that finals. It was absolutely incredible. The block will go down as one of the most iconic plays in NBA history. Iguodala to Curry. Curry back to Iguodala. Up for the layup, blocked by James. Just to keep naming some more of his accolades. 2007-08 scoring champ. Six-time all-defense. 2003-04 all-rookie. 2003 and 4 rookie of the year. Back to back finals champs with the Miami Heat. Now, the one blemish, the one blemish on his career is against the Mavericks. That's the one blemish. Uh, I'll give you that. If you want to hold that against him, you certainly can. But I think that Mavericks team was destined to win a championship because, frankly, they had a lot of guys on their team who hadn't won it. But when you look at it, definitely deserved a championship. Dirk deserved a championship. Jason Kidd deserved a championship. Tyson Chandler deserved a championship. Jason Terry deserved a championship. Peja Stoyakovic deserved a championship. Sean Marion deserved a championship. Karan Butler deserved a championship. A lot of guys who deserved to win. And they beat LeBron. They went out there and earned it. They didn't just deserve it, they earned it. They went after it and they got it. So if you want to hold that against LeBron, fine. I'll give you that. But in all the other finals he's in, at 22 years old, he got a Cleveland Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals after beating the reigning championship Detroit Pistons. Well, actually, they weren't reigning, but they were holding on to it. The Pistons were one of the still that team. They still had all their guys intact from when they won the championship with Chauncey, Rip Hamilton. The Wallaces, it's just like, and LeBron beat him. LeBron, at 22 years old, at 22 years old, they couldn't stop him. Now, yeah, they got swept. But at 22, what was Michael Jordan doing? He was still at North Carolina, not even winning national championships. Just getting to the tournament. They weren't winning anything. Uh, And LeBron got his team to the NBA Finals. Got him to the NBA Finals. LeBron James, it's just absolutely unbelievable what the guy has been able to do. He's by far, in a way, the best player every time he steps on the court. And he's just just an incredible player to watch. How you could could say LeBron isn't must-see basketball, you don't know what you're talking about. And I don't understand why people don't like him. What has he done wrong? Besides beat your favorite team. If you're a Celtics fan, I get why you don't like him. He ruined the big the era of the big three. 
he, he, he ruined it. He absolutely destroyed it. He tore it apart, took away one of their integral pieces in Ray Allen. He ended it. He just ended Paul Pierce's career, ended Kevin Garnett's career. Their careers were over when LeBron, and LeBron took him out. He ended it. So if you're a Celtics fan, I understand why you don't like LeBron. He beats your team. He always took it to you. If you're a Pacers fan, he hits game winners on you left and right. Yeah, I can see why you don't like him. I wouldn't like him either. He's done a lot to destroy your team. Puts your team down and buries them. That's what he did. That's what he did. You could go, just look at some other things. Just Toronto Raptors. You don't if, if he be your team every year. I understand if you, if you're a Raptors fan. I understand why you don't like him. He he owned them. He owned the Raptors. It just every single time another game winner, another quick series. You think the Raptors would finally have his number and he broke them up too there it's the, one of the reasons they traded DeRozan they knew they couldn't get over the hump of LeBron it just he he ends organizations he just destroys them so I understand if you don't like him for that why if you're a fan of one of those teams yeah I would imagine why you don't like him he just he beats you he, he's better than you I get that but to say you don't like him because he he whines he flops. Oh, he's not a good dude. Oh, I, j- I just hate LeBron. I hate him. And it's, For what? He's a winner. He's a great guy. It, with his I Promise school, he's doing unbelievable things for his community, his philanthropy work. Yeah, he's a funny actor, what he did in Trainwreck. I'm kind of excited for Space Jam to come out. You know, he does some great things for pop culture. He's a, he's a good guy. He knows how important he is. He speaks out on big issues. He's willing to give his opinion. He's a great father, great husband. He hasn't had any scandals. Name a LeBron James scandal. There isn't one. And he's been the most scrutinized athlete since he was 18 years old. When he came into the league, LeBron has been the most scrutinized, most ridiculed athlete of all time and has lived up to the billing of the chosen one. Like that, that is unbelievable in itself that with all of this hype, he's lived up to it and people still ridicule it. People still criticize it. People still bury him. Just people just, I I just don't understand I, I just really, really don't get it. I really don't get it. LeBron, it just, he's the absolute man. He's a monster. He's the fastest to score 10,000 points, 20,000 points, 30,000 points. You know, his scoring averages are unbelievable, yet he's not a scorer. He's leading the league in assists. You know, he's the best point guard in the league, and he's not a point guard. He can defend one through five. It just, uh, I, I don't know what to say. One more I can tell you. And the finals thing with Jordan, okay, Jordan has six. LeBron has three. Well, frankly, LeBron's career isn't over. Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are going to win this year. They're the team I'm rooting for to win. I want to see LeBron get number four. I want to see Dan, Davis get an NBA championship. I want to see Dwight Howard get his... I want to see DeMarcus Cousins get one. You know, I, I, I want to see him do it. 
I want to see LeBron shows that he's still the man, he's still the GOAT, that he could still get it done. And so I think they're going to win. LeBron's career isn't over. He still has more to establish with what he wants to do with his career. It's not over. His career is not set in stone yet. Jordan's career is over. It's not coming back. It's done. And, you know, six for six. That's the argument I hear. Jordan is six for six in the finals. Never lost in the finals. Well, that is very impressive. Very impressive. But Jordan retired three times. Jordan had to walk away. Jordan couldn't put up with the emotional and physical demand. He had to retire. They won the three-peat. They three-peated 91, 92, 93. Then he retired. He retired. He walked away. He couldn't handle it anymore. Yes, his father died. And, oh, he said he wanted to play baseball. He... He couldn't handle the uh, physical and emotional toll. He had to take the time off. He had the time off. And then how easily we just forget that he sits out a year and a half and then comes back to the Bulls, where it's 45, and loses. They lost to the Heat. They lost to the Magic. They lost to the Magic in Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway. They lost to them in the playoffs. It's just something that we never want to bring up with Michael Jordan. And I don't want to discredit Jordan because I really do think it's 1A, 1B with LeBron and Michael. I, those are the two greatest basketball players right there ever, in my opinion. I, do, I think LeBron is better just from an overall standpoint. But, you know, we, we like to nitpick on what we don't like about guys. We, we like to nitpick. You know, we, we, show the same, we show the same highlights of Jordan over and over again. But we see the same game winners. But LeBron has more game-winning shots. You could say LeBron has more big-time shots than Jordan. Yeah, Jordan has the shot against the Utah Jazz. Well, Karl Malone had like three straight turnovers on possessions for the Utah Jazz before that. So is it the Bulls win or the Jazz choke? Now, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from Jordan. It's Jordan, you know, six for six. Jordan, Jordan did his thing. Jordan established himself as if it's not LeBron, it's Jordan as the greatest player ever. But yeah, I, I believe it's LeBron from an all-around standpoint, from just everything that he's done, what he's going to continue to do. Because at this point, with how he's playing, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. At 35 years old, you're 17, with how much mileage he has, he already has the most playoff minutes. Huh? What? You're 17, 35, and you're telling me he's slowing down? Already has the most playoff minutes? What? I just... The guy is incredible and continues to get the job done night in, night out. LeBron... He is King James. He truly is King James. Yeah, he's just been that guy, and he's just been so dominant since he's come into the league. I, I don't understand how people can discredit him. He's currently, you know, when we started the season, currently fifth time, all-time in minutes. Huh? What? The guy doesn't sit out. It's another thing. People want to go, oh, load management. Blah, blah, blah. I heard a, uh, I couldn't remember who it was, but I heard another guy the other day who was like, oh, LeBron load manages during games. Oh, talking about sitting out minutes in the second quarter when it doesn't matter? Hmm. 
Gosh, I wouldn't think he would do something like that. Unbelievable. Maybe that's called, you know, situational. You know, maybe that's it's just giving him a rest during the game. It's like, okay, we're going to ridicule LeBron for load managing in-game. So what is it? What is it? Should he load manage and not play at all? Or should he load manage during games? It's, it's just, ugh. The ridicule this guy gets is just sickening. And he plays. He goes out there and plays every game or as much as he can. Unless he's hobbled by injury, he's going to be out there. He's going to be getting after it. He's going to be doing his thing. He's just, it's nonstop. And he just takes care of himself. And he just gets it, gets it done. And just with the amount of minutes that he's accumulated, he's going to go down as the greatest scorer, well, the leading scorer in NBA history. I think he's going to pass Kareem. You know, he's got a long way to go, but if he keeps playing how he's going to play, and, the, and I think he's going to play for as long as I think, because I think he wants to be the first father-son tandem to play in the NBA with his uh, son, Bronny. I think that's the mindset that he's trying to go with this, is he wants to play. I think that'll be the last year. Once his son's a rookie in the NBA and they play against each other, that I think that'll be LeBron's last year. And if if he averages... Over 20 a season until then, he's going to pass Kareem. He's going to do it. He's just LeBron James, the greatest basketball player of all time. And that is the unpopular opinion. And I love the debate. If you want to debate me, name other guys, uh, I'd love to hear it. I'm I'm here for the debate. I'm all about the debate. I I want to hear it. Because I'm a big fan of the debate. I'm a big fan of both players. You know, it's just a fun debate to have about, you know, who's the greatest basketball player of all time. And I believe it's LeBron James. But, you know, tell me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. I'm ready for them. I'd love to hear them because, you know, the GOAT, the GOAT, we're going to, I'm going to, I want to see him win number four this year. And I think, you know, Davis stays, they, they could win another one. So LeBron's career isn't over. His career is not done yet. He's going to keep working, and it's just going to be – it's been a privilege to watch, and I can't wait for it to continue. And I'm just really excited to – you know, I've been able to watch LeBron my whole life and watch him grow as a player, watch him grow as a person, and just be, you know, the best of all time, LeBron James. And that is my unpopular opinion for today. And that's the end of Episode 4 of Hang Time with Helgi. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, keep a lookout. Episode five. It's going to be on the way soon, but you know, that's the end of episode four. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Until next time. Be easy. All right. Later.